0: Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. In 1992, the government published a large coffee table book called Mapping Hong Kong, a historical atlas, put together by the government's then chief cartographer, Hal Empson. With maps, charts and photographs, Mr. Empson takes the reader right through the history of Hong Kong. Antiquarian Jonathan Wattis was keen to mark the 30th anniversary of that book. There hasn't been a better one since, he says. So Jonathan and Vicky Wattis have put together the latest exhibition at Wattis Fine Art, with Hal Empson's book at the centre. I joined Jonathan at the gallery at the bottom of Old Bailey Street to hear about those that mapped Hong Kong, including early Chinese maps missionary Simeone Voluntari and the super-skilled Indian cartographers who did one of science's biggest feats, mapping India in the 19th century. But a number of them would tragically die from disease here when they came to survey Hong Kong. There's also the kind of ephemera I enjoy, the early tourist maps and tour books from department stores and stationery
1: shops. We want to do this because we have the maps and they're very beautiful and some of them really interesting. If you can put them up on the wall and tell stories behind them, it brings them to life. Also, we decided to do it because it's the 30th anniversary of a book that came out called Mapping Hong Kong, which was put together by Hal Impson in 1992 and published by the government printer, GIS, Government Information Services. But Hal had been the chief cartographer and he spent three or four years putting this book together and we were very lucky to be able to meet him and and actually share some of our maps which went into the book. So what we are doing with this show would be as a tribute, this is still the very best book on the subject on mapping Hong Kong what we like to do is use the book as a tool, almost a catalogue raisonné and then say this map is in Empson or not in Emson <laughs>
0: Yes, I mean, it's an amazing book. I wish I had a copy. It's 1992, as you say, produced by the government information services. And that shows maps of Hong Kong throughout its history or throughout its colonial history.
1: Yes, indeed. But it goes back before the 1841 period. It shows maps leading up to that time, and some of them colonial and some of them Chinese. A lot of it's colonial, but a lot of the maps were done by cartographers who were working in Hong Kong, as well as by the royal engineers, the army, so what's,
0: what's your earliest map shown in the book?
1: The earliest map shown in the book is Father Matteo Ricci's map of the world, drawn 1595 to 1600. In fact, it is a Chinese copy of Matteo Ricci's map, so it, it's a woodblock from a book from the late 16th century, Chinese map. And even here, there's maps which would have been historical context maps in here. You've got a reference to Zheng He's route maps of his journeys. Um, oh, he's
0: the man with the junk.
1: He's the man with the junk, circa 1425. But the, these would be historical context because I don't think anybody's found an original. So it's a bit like Ptolemy. You have the history of these maps, but then they're not actually uh, reproduced until, say, the 17th century. Or, uh, but it's showing an earlier period.
0: So what have you got of Zheng He there? I mean, he's, I understand that he possibly, I mean, obviously there were people already living in America, but he beat Columbus to America, allegedly.
1: I'm not sure he got to America. (laughs) I believe that the general consensus is that he got to uh, the east coast of Africa. And through that, I mean, you you know, touching Middle East, southern parts, but he got further than most. But I don't think he got to America. But there have been various books written on that. So it's still a fairly contentious issue. But he clearly went out on these journeys.
0: An enormous junk.
1: And enormous junks, uh, again another controversial issue about how big the junks were. But um, and this- In what
0: sense? Whether they could actually have been navigable like their pictures show? Or-
1: well, yeah, because they were so large, whether they could actually make the journey being that size and whether they could handle and and, and actually operate at that size but
0: Because uh, the opposite end of the scale Just uh, darting about here Because, I mean, Zheng He is sort of around uh, the, Well, he's early 15th century But when I went to see the Victory That's from the early 19th century yeah. uh, Tiny! Yes. Tiny! Yes, I mean, yes, everybody yes. must have been I yes. mean, I'm what? 170 centimetres Yes. And uh, you, you'd have spent your whole time yes. Having to bend over
1: And and the ships that went round the world The Victoria and things from Magellan
0: So the Navigator, which, yeah The
1: circumnavigator well, who didn't, he got as far as the Philippines and then there was Elcano who made it back to Spain, but that's another story. But th- those boats were really tiny, really small, so it would have been pretty uncomfortable uh, living on those things.
0: So we've got Zheng He there, and then in 1553, this is just the start of mapping of Hong Kong, but I'm just sort of interested in, you've got the coastal map of Kwantung, or uh, Guangdong, by, by Ying Ka, and this shows brothers, well, whatever they would have been called at that time, but...
1: K- Kap Shumun. Yeah. Um, with The Kap Shumun Channel, which is near Ma Wan, because it was a ma- major ship, shipping route. So, you know, Brothers Islands, Fat th- th- those islands are, are, are near the airport. Yeah, and so then, where
0: are they coming through? That I mean, this is the interesting coming thing.
1: From, from, from the Pearl River. They're coming yeah. down from Guangzhou, and they come round the northern part of Lantau, and then they go into the, what is the Lama Channel, through the Kapsi Mun. It's a very important shipping route from the Pearl River, which goes ultimately through past Lama and Hong Kong and then out into the sea.
0: So where I live on South Lama um, and I look over at um, some of the cargo ships going past yes. and um, so on the obviously south side of, of Hong Kong, yes. so if I had stared out a few hundred years ago, 500 years ago, 500 years ago
1: yes there would have been different ships. <laughs> yes. You might have seen Zheng He going by <laughs> and you may have seen how big his ships were. <laughs> So you have these early Chinese maps that Hal references on his introduction to going into then European maps of the 17th century and then 18th century and then scientific instruments making maps more accurate by the second half of the 18th century. The Dalrymple map of Hong Kong and maps of Guangzhou based on Jesuits and then various embassies in the 19th century and then charts of the Pearl River Delta in 1780s through to the early 1800s and then we really enter into our area of the exhibition because one of the earliest maps in this exhibition is on the wall which is a chart of the Pearl River Delta in 1840 and it's a nautical chart done by J.W. Norrie who were the chart makers for commercial shipping. So there were two lines of map making. There was the line of the East India Company who made charts. Their information went to the Admiralty. And then the Admiralty produced charts for the ships. And then there was the other charts which went to the commercial shipping, Imre, Nori. So there were, there were two bodies that were producing very accurate charts. And this is the one for commercial shipping by Nori. But it would be based on East India Company information. And it's 1840. So Hong Kong is spelt H-E-O-N-G-K-O-N-G. Oh, yeah, Ring Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Lama and Lantau. It's actually pretty good for the Hong Kong area and the islands around. It's pre- fairly well accurately mapped. But as you go up the Pearl River, as it's called here, the River Tigris, um, as you go up it, it's fairly s- sparsely mapped on either side. And, and the mapping of the, both those sides would become more accurate after the 1840s and towards the end of the 19th century, they would get mapped in detail as a labyrinth of waterways.
0: I'm joining Jonathan Wattis here looking at the Mapping of Asia featuring a collection of early original Hong Kong maps and charts, some of which appear in the landmark book Mapping of Hong Kong and uh, if you come down to the bottom of Old Bailey Street where it connects with Hollywood Road that's where you'll find Wattis Fine Art Gallery and this exhibition is on until December the 22nd. So are they largely Hong Kong? I mean I was eyeing up, I'm, I'm jumping time now, but you've got a map of Victoria Hong Kong uh, costing 50 cents and that's actually from 1915 and that just seems to be a a stationery shop.
1: Yeah, well, it's a Brewer & Co. in Pedder Street who are selling it. So the labels which are in the margins of the map are stuck on. So that, that label for Brewer & Co. stuck on the left margin. And the price, 50 cents, is stuck on below. And it's on a reasonably sturdy paper, but it's quite fragile. So we've actually had to have it restored because it was folded over the years. Yes. But it's a Chinese production. And it was printed in about 1915, and it's a city plan of, the, of Victoria. And so the street names are in Chinese and in English. So it was an early uh, tourist map.
0: Yeah, so people would have actually stuck that in their pocket and wandered around.
1: They would. And uh, it's a very charming map and very nice map.
0: It is and, and it's very clear. Yeah, you've got Chater Road, the cricket ground, the naval dock, the naval yard, Wellington Barracks, yes. military store. So you've got all of the yes. the, the the British military uh, yes. quarters over on the one side. So I know that David Bellis as the as the founder of the the Hong Kong History website gluulo.com, he yes. likes to wander around with old maps and yes. see what's changed. He has a he has a thing for yes. boundary markers doesn't he? Yes he does. Uh, do you ever do that when you're going off for your constitutional or when you're going off walking around do you take one of your old ones and say well what's changed?
1: I don't physically take them I kind of take them in my head because I kind of have an idea of the maps in my head so I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to you know work out where these places were because we do the cartography but we also do the photography so the photographers who are documenting the streets in in say uh, the 19th century uh, of, of photography starts 1860 so it's there's a very small window there 40 or 50 years of photography which also very interesting of, of what was important and then gets taken down another place place them but it's so interesting but yes so the streets and the built main buildings are a constant fascination and I'm always learning so I tend to walk to the end of Hollywood Road most days because there's Possession Street and Possession Street Park, which is where Belcher landed in 1841, and proceeds to do his survey of Hong Kong, and, and that is a very important early map of Hong Kong, nautical chart. So yes, I do. I'm 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 constantly looking at Hong Kong in many different periods. Yeah.
0: So, we've got the map of Victoria, 1915, I really love that, that's on sale at Brewer & Co and I think I also love it because it's not just the map, it's the tourist who carried it and it's also the stationery shop that sold it, so in that one map you've got a whole community there. Yes,
1: Yes. and the other thing about it, there were three or four different types of this map, which were used for different things. Like the one for the Hong Kong Hotel, there was another one that I had once, only once, which was for Sincere & Co, and had shops down the bottom of it. So, you know, it's almost like either it was the one printer who then, you know, modified it for different clients.
0: Because people have, you know, when they look at Hong Kong history, everybody has their particular interests. When you bring up department stores like Sincere, of course, Watson's is really old. And it's amazing just how these establishments go back decades as well. But I also enjoy the shop fronts and the names of businesses that have long since gone.
1: Absolutely, and and then that brings in from the historical collecting area a whole new area, which is what we call ephemera, or ephemeral items, and that that can be guidebooks, and then it can be hotel guides, and then it can be trade books, and also and with all the advertising in it, and so you get that starting in the 19th century with adverts in, and some of the early adverts are fascinating for Hong Kong, yes.
0: Now, amongst your collection, you go right back. This item in front of us goes right back to 1898.
1: Yes, and this is a government paper, Treaty Series 1898, Convention between the United Kingdom and China respecting an extension of Hong Kong territory with a map signed at Peking, June the 9th, 1898. So this is the original, one of the original government papers, because they would have printed more than one, and in it, it discusses this treaty, and it's a small paper, but what is in it is a very interesting map, which shows the boundaries of the new territories. And this appears in Empson. so it's in Empson. So that's that uh, Mapping of Hong Kong book? That is in the Mapping Hong Kong book, and I can tell you which page. <laughs>
0: You need a big coffee table for this yeah, one. Yeah, we do. Page
1: 118. <laughs> and there it is. Hong Kong extension. And it, it's actually both in Chinese and English in terms of the boundaries that are shown are in Chinese and English. And the actual boundary line seems to be across part of the China coast in Deep Bay and Mears Bay. And then it comes down and goes around past Tai O and south of Lama and Potoi. What it shows in it is... Hong Kong as pink and Kowloon as as pink and the new territories are still in white. It's a fairly simple outline map. But the, the original government paper with the original mapping would be very scarce. So that's quite a rare map.
0: Now, what's below it with all the circles?
1: Well, this is a detail of a new territories lease map. So, what we go into here is what had been used before this outline for mapping the new territories. The map that was used was done by a missionary, an Italian missionary, whose name was Volontari. And Volontari did a map with, with his Chinese colleague. Uh, which was published in 1866. And it's a very beautiful map. And
0: Did he do it voluntarily?
1: He did it voluntarily, he did. And it was a map of the Sun On district. And it's the earliest map to show basically the new territories in any, any detail with both English and Chinese characters. And the map that's below the treaty map we're looking at looks like it could be a detail from that.
0: And are these all contours?
1: They're sort of approximate contours yeah. because what happens in 1899, is that the British bring Indian surveyors out from the Trigonometrical Survey of India who come out to survey the new territories and they're here for a few years surveying accurately as they had been doing in India. So they were experienced and very able surveyors. Unfortunately, there was a very high mortality rate because there were all sorts of issues and we didn't have antidotes to... These, oh, so what?
0: Things. Malaria and things
1: like that? Malaria and things like that, oh. yes. Yeah, so, so that was really, really sad. But we do have one of the earliest maps showing their survey, which I'd like to show you over here. So over here we have an exceedingly rare map of the new territories. So it's a very early map, which dates to 1905. And it, it was a map that was done by Major King with the Indian surveyors, And the survey was done 1902 to 1903. And this map came out in 1905, and it's on a scale of two inches to one mile and it is a canvas back section map, and if you look at it, you'll see the top right-hand corner has been clipped, because it's what confidential.
0: Oh, it's confidential? Yes,
1: it's confidential. So that's the 1905 map, and it doesn't show the whole of the new territories, but it shows as far as they'd really got by that time, which was the 1902, 1903, published 1905. So I think the first maps that start showing complete new territories come out around 1911, it's an ongoing process, and then I think 1913, you can find a map and I don't have the number in front of me but I actually do have the map where it's Hong Kong in two parts so the southern part is Hong Kong Island and the islands thereabouts and the the northern part is the new territories and that comes out in 1913 and then is reissued in 1920 with updates so then they're starting to, to map the territory accurately
0: but this foundation map, in a way, yes. it takes them right through till after the Second World War.
1: It was used up till the Second World War because the, the people who were doing the mapping were really good at, at what mm. they did. They'd been involved, a number of them, but, I mean, the mapping of uh, India was one of the great, the great trigonometrical survey of India was one of the greatest works of science in the 19th century. So, you know, that, that, they that's were something experts. else. They, well, they were, they were specialists and, yes, they were very, very good at it.
0: I mean, if we could find out more, I'd be more interested in them. I, I think it's rather tragic, as you say, that that uh, mortality rate in yes. the 19th century was horrific in so many
1: yes.
0: so uh, so many areas of, well, the local population and people coming in in the army and yes, well, um, there's
1: the water yes. and of course there's the mosquitoes yes. and uh, and various other things, uh, sanitation and, and the new territories was you know it, it hadn't been accurately mapped. So I mean, the voluntary outline was was the best. Oh, so the missionary. One of the best, yeah. yes, one of the best to date. But uh, this, this is where they're going, and they're trigonometrically with a series of triangles measuring it, and so they're details. they're
0: going on the top of Taimoshan Yes, and, they're, they're, and they they've got gone, their. Th- yeah. There's
1: a whole story there. Um, it's a fantastic. So are we going up it?
0: mountains to we, and, we, we have to react. chase them
1: <laughs> and, and find some of those markers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: I'll find some hikers. The triangulation of Hong Kong and the new territory. So this is, as you say, these Indian cartographers. Yes, and. They are going up yes. mountains and then they so it's all the angles
1: it's a, oh, It's just triangles basically they measure it through uh, yes it's through triangles and chains and measurements and uh, the, this triangulation of Hong Kong and New Territories map is particularly interesting um, I've never seen it before and if you look at it it's a series of triangles and it, this one's dated to 1930 but what's also interesting is it is surplus of the Library of Congress duplicate. So the Library of Congress in the USA, which is one of the greatest libraries in the world, obviously had more than one copy. (laughs) <laughs> and we now have one and here it is so on the wall Ex- and it and it's hong kong <laughs> with a lot of triangles on it and not many names
0: so it's library of congress and, and what is fine
1: art well there <laughs> we go and then but if you it's quite interesting you see where a lot of the triangles come together particularly at what become the airport chep Lap out in the new territories but it, 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 it's a fascinating map
0: i mean i i know i'm sort of going to explain mapping but just in briefly why triangles
1: i suppose because if they can measure two sides then they can work out the size of the third one you know so they can they can measure distances using that measurement but uh, this we put up beside it which explains this is a booklet that comes with it the triangulation map and for those who are we did have a cartographer in who was totally fascinated he loved it but all the all the information that that cartographers understand and not many other people (laughs) is is in this and all the measurements you know synopsis of results royal observatory victoria peak partridge hill Tate's Cairn, Beacon Hill and all these measurements and bearings and then of course what happens is then better instruments come in and they do do a better survey and then, then science and then and then you get satellite so they can do it from space. Oh uh,
0: yes, I, I mean space makes a huge difference huge you know, or, difference. well just aircraft for starters. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. So I'm going to go now to another one which is uh, 1901, very early just because it's such a, it's a different map. Now Hal Empson talks about special maps in his so Hal book. Hal Empson is, is, is the Mapping Hong Kong yep. chief cartographer. And he talks about special maps in his in his book. And one of the people he mentions is Robert Crisp Hurley, who did these early maps guidebooks to Hong Kong. There we are. There. So, in 1895-96, he did a, a map of Hong Kong. And in it, it shows the tourist guide to Hong Kong, the short trips... To the mainland and China, and in the bottom there's a reference, and it has from the peak to various parts of Hong Kong and how far it is, and from the clock tower, which is Pedder Street, to various parts of Hong Kong and how far it is, and this map, and he's outlined the trails on it, and this was in the guidebook, which is which is really scarce to find now, the 19, 1896 guidebook he did. So and there was another one of the new territories as well in it, um, but what he does in his book is he discusses how this was copied. In 1899, for Hong Kong Almanac, and uh, we have the 1899 Hong Kong Almanac one here on this wall. It's black and white. They've taken out Hurley's name. It's actually quite dull because they haven't put any colour in it. But it, but it's uh, obviously been done just to illustrate uh, a magazine. I've never actually come across the magazine, so I'm still. Oh, but
0: perhaps they didn't have much of a budget that
1: year. And maybe they didn't have much of a budget, so they just, <laughs> just copied his pen. work cause <laughs> it's a sort of government publication, 1899, and then. But then what happened six or eight years ago, we discovered a standalone tourist map of the same projection, but slightly differently done. And it was done as a separate publication and it is called The Tourist Map of Hong Kong and it was published in 1901. One of the things that that differs from the the 1896 map is this, and you'll like this. It says, the tourist map of Hong Kong describing 15 walks on the islands picnic trip to Lama Island you see and what happens is in that time you see from 1896 when they used to come across illegally to Lama for their picnic they can now go across legally and now there's a proper walk you see shown oh, on it
0: so yes of course 18, new territories so you really weren't supposed to go to Lama and the outlying islands you pre, weren't supposed to but you did pre 1898 well
1: you did because there was picnic bay was already on on the map you picnic know, bay you know this map is printed in Hong Kong by Ye Old Printery. And they were around even through to the early 90s. I remember their presence in certain building in Central. And it's a colony of Hong Kong, Typhoon's Toll, an authentic record of the disastrous typhoon which struck the colony on 2nd of September, 1937. And this was one of the most devastating of all typhoons. And if you read some of the notes, it shows, you know, pressure going right down it says also that speeds of up to 164 miles per hour were recorded and what it shows which was like a super super typhoon really really strong what it shows on on the map and the outline are all the shipwrecks and it shows and it names all the different shipwrecks and number one Conte Verdi number two asama Maru, number three Talamba, and all the way to through to uh, number 30 Tinsang. And it says total tonnage, all, all the different... And so, so this is a very scarce, ma'am. I know the observatory have one. And, and there are various notes about how high the tide was, because it was like a tidal wave in the Tolo Harbour. But what's interesting about the various... There over 30 ships, but they show 30 ships, um, which were quite big, that were that were damaged or thrown against the shore. And I was very lucky to be going through one of my drawers and actually found a photograph of this incident, or after the incident, of the three ships I've just named, which are 1, 2 and 3, Asuma, Maru, Talamba and Contraverde. And here they are, they're out beyond the Leumon passage and, in, and there you can see in this photograph... From the island you can see one of the ships in the foreground and two which have gone ashore and they're quite close to one of them's on the far side near underneath Devil's Peak and the other ones are on the island but uh, it's quite interesting to have that reference to go with it after the event. So
0: these are shipwrecks?
1: These are shipwrecks, oh, yes. The, the one thing about the photograph is it's very interesting and you get the sense of all, all you know, the, the outlying topography and, and you can see the ships. But I just it, wish it was a bit more in focus, but it possibly are the only photograph that in the world that shows that.
0: So we're back with uh, the Mapping Hong Kong book from 1992. And this is all part of the Mapping of Asia exhibition here at What is Fine Art, marking 34 years of, of uh, What is Fine Art here on Old Bailey Street. So. Um, Now, what I found interesting in that Mapping Hong Kong book is you've got also a whole bunch of aerial photos. And so when are they from?
1: Well, there was this company that came out called Hunting Surveys, and they came out to Hong Kong in 1963, 1964, and with with the latest cameras, and they did this survey of the whole territory.
0: I've seen spy films where they just open up the bottom and the, the cameras are on the bottom of the aircraft.
1: We're probably, <laughs> and I don't actually know the, the detail. I have the end result, but I don't know the, the, the science or the you know, I haven't gone into the detail of the cameras, but I think that the cameras at the time were the state-of-the-art for their period, and it was just before satellite, I believe. But how Empson talks about aerial photography, because it's so important, and the earliest surveys, I believe the early aerial surveys were 1926, 1927, on tiny little aeroplanes. And then there were surveys that happened in the 30s, and then the hunting survey that was used by the government was the 1964 Hunting Survey. Don't ask me how. I managed to get a set of 12, including the title page of the Hunting Survey of Hong Kong 1963. Now, uh, when I showed it to one of my friends from the mapping, he said, you're not allowed to have that. You can't have that. How did you get that? I said, I have no idea. But I did somehow get it through the trade. So on the wall... The trade
0: or your SB yeah, yeah, content.
1: Yeah, the trade is the... Uh, <laughs> my, my colleague's in the antique trade, you know. And um, on the wall, we have the one which shows... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who are you, really? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly, exactly
1: that trade. Yeah. Yeah, especially with maps. So if you if you look close closely, you will see that it's basically a lot of different photographs that have been patched together like a patchwork quilt. So you know, they, they've taken a still shot and then patched it to the next one, patched it to the next one. So it's a whole series of patchworks that make up this this whole area. And this is this is the one of the 12 pages that we have it's quite large and it is a lot of detail and in 1963 if you go in with a magnifying glass you'll you'll see a lot of a lot of detail so you can see the extended runway uh, which was the old Kai Tak Mm. Um, and you can see Stonecutter's Island a long way from the shore you see Ching So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually really very interesting, the aerial surveys. So the final map to look at in the show is Jan Jan's map of Hong Kong with street index. And this this is a fantastic map. And Hal Empson has it also in his special map chapter and talks about this being a new genre of maps and probably the earliest of this new genre. And it was published in 1958. It's quite an interesting design because basically it's a whole series of maps on one page, all section by section. You can see an element of Causeway Bay, and you can see an element of Central, and you can see a general picture from from uh, Kennedy Town to beyond Causeway Bay to Chaiwan. You know, and it's it's full of information. And then if you go to the back. You can see it's a bit tatty and worn. The original folding one dollar fifty, and other maps and other information, including bus routes and all sorts of things. And, on mooring, boys. and yeah. mooring boys. And mooring boys, and it's full of information. It's absolutely cram packed full of information. And then this became a particular style that uh, uh, his competitor Sun Sun also produced. So you got Sun Sun maps of Hong Kong, and these went well into the 70s. This type of map. But um, what's interesting about the Janjam map of Hong Kong, as I did some research along with the book and one thing or another, is that we discovered it was actually printed about 300 yards away from the gallery in Wellington Street.
0: <laughs> Just round the corner.
1: Just round the corner.
0: Jonathan Watt is there, and the 34th annual exhibition of The Mapping of Asia, featuring a collection of early original Hong Kong maps and charts, some of which appear in the landmark book Mapping Hong Kong from 1992. And that exhibition is on show at What Is Fine Art until December the 22nd. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.